0: Welcome to the Supply Chain Pioneers podcast, where we highlight industry leaders on the forefront of innovation and technology in planning, procurement, and logistics. Hosted by your supply chain pro to know, Ulf Venn. And this time we had the great opportunity to talk to jan henna Tyson from Target P. He is a pioneer in supply chain risk management because he first implemented systems in organizations operationally. And then he moved on to make his own consulting company and is is advising companies on how to implement supply chain risk management, how to adopt digital technology, how to educate key personnel, and then how to drive adoption in the future. It was a great interview, a lot of depth and knowledge. If you are in the middle of rolling out supply chain risk management, or if you're considering adopting supply chain risk management, then this definitely is the episode for you and now i wish you a lot of fun hi everybody and welcome to another episode of supply chain pioneers today i'm with janhenna tyson from target p welcome
1: thanks Os. good morning how are you
0: i'm good how are you today
1: can't complain weather is excellent i was on the road for the past two days and now i'm back in my home office and uh enjoying to be with you today
0: Good. So at least you had a good night of So In Germany, you don't have air conditioning, So um, I don't know if everybody knows that. It's If it's hot, it's hot. Good. Jan, you for me are really an inspiring personality. You're doing supply chain risk management for a very long time. Um, you have a great depth of experience in operational supply chain risk management, and now bring that to your consulting company. Can you maybe start introducing yourself a little bit for our uh, listeners and viewers.
1: Sure. Uh, yeah, first of all, thank you very much for the kind words. Um, to be a pioneer always sounds great. Not sure if it's true, but mm. thanks. Yeah, uh, my name is Jan, uh, 49 years old, uh, hitting the 50 in in a few weeks or months. So that's definitely a life-changing event for me. Uh, however, I had a lot of life-changing events in my past life as well. Um, yeah. Born in Germany, grew up in Germany. Uh, spent eight years in the U.S., uh, living in different states in the U.S. Truly enjoyed my time in the U.S. Um, yeah, I'm running Target P for almost six years now. Uh, I was I'm a procurement guy by heart. To say that uh, I, I started in procurement in 1996, and honestly, it wasn't a desire to start in procurement. They just put me in that department when I finished my apprenticeship, and I wasn't really happy about it. But I guess it took just eight or ten weeks uh, before I really started to embrace procurement to love procurement, and yeah, since then I'm a procurement guy. When I'm when I'm doing my business, when I'm out of business, when I'm uh, not working, I spend a lot of time doing sports, uh, going to concerts, uh, and uh, yeah, that's what I do. That's who I am. And Target P is a small company of four people, and we consult uh, companies on different procurement topics.
0: Good, so. You touched a little bit on your start in procurement. So after eight to 10 uh, 10 weeks, what was it that you felt is so exhilarating and exciting about procurement?
1: That's a good question. Honestly, I don't know. I was 22 years old. I I just finished school. I went to the army and came back from the army, did my apprenticeship. And uh, I think it was a little bit like, cool, I can do something uh, on my own. People trust me. I can make decisions. I have the... The opportunity to talk to people, and I i was fortunate to grow up in the countryside on one hand, but I worked in, an, in a large oil and gas drilling company. So for me, this was really the gate to the big world. I had to deal with people in Nigeria, all over Africa, in the Middle East. Uh, I had suppliers in in Scotland, in Aberdeen, in Houston, in Texas. So basically, all the hotspots of the global oil and gas world. And to uh, me, it was like coming from the countryside becoming a global guy and I was I was able to practice my English I was uh, able to make decisions Uh, at that time people started to embrace computers it sounds funny to most of the people but at that time, uh, we got the first PCs on our uh, on our desktops we got. uh, emails and all that and I was the youngest guy in the department all, all the older people asked me, hey, can you train me on Excel? can you help me with word? Can you tell me how email works And all this stuff really made procurement super exciting. And then when I started to learn and get trained on on negotiations, I really liked how to interact with people and I think that's that what what procurement in general uh, makes really interesting also was appealing to me, hey, dealing with people, Dealing with changes, seeing different countries, and that's what kept me in procurement for almost 27 years now.
0: Yeah, so I already hinted on one of your core topics. um, I think you're really passionate about. Same with me is supply chain risk management. Yeah. So how did your when did you start getting interested in supply chain risk management? It started in the
1: early 2000s. Uh, I was working in automotive uh, at that time. And uh, you all remember probably the the big automotive and financial crisis we had starting in 2008, 9, 10. Uh, and it was a big hit for the automotive industry. And I was working for a tier one supplier at that time. And if you are in one of these sandwich positions, you really have to take care of, of your supply chain. You get a lot of pressure from the From the OEMs, uh, they have high expectations on you in terms of uh, uh, the ability to deliver and and to to have the supply chain working all right. And on the other side, you are dealing with a lot of mid-sized companies, uh, SMUs, uh, mom-and-pop shops, and we really had to do something at that time uh, to fight the crisis. So just in one year, we didn't lose, but we had 35 supplier insolvencies in our supply base. And... There was definitely a need to think about risk management at that time to work on risk management at that time. So this is where my passion about uh, supply chain risk management started. And then uh, we, we built up quite a few things that were available at that time. And when I moved on to the and went back to the US, uh, I, I was working for a large agricultural manufacturing company. and. For whatever reason we again hit a crisis which happened in the years 2014-15 uh, crisis with the heavy machinery industry construction and all that and again we had to deal with supply chain risk management and even if it was just six years later uh, suddenly we did see a lot of new technologies out there uh, like DHL and other solution providers uh, we we saw different approaches to, to supply chain risk management and this is the, basically the point where my professional, um, let's call it professional dealing with risk management, really became a passion. Mm-hmm. And uh, since then, uh, I did a lot of projects with with my teams on supply chain risk management, on the digital side, on the non digital side, on both. And uh, yeah, that's what we do at Target P quite a lot, uh, helping companies to grow their supply chain risk management approach.
0: Mm-hmm so let's talk about that a little bit later on i have one more question and that is um if i think back uh, to the early evangelizers of supply chain risk management um, people like you like me and a few others most of them actually come from operations in fact i only know one person that doesn't which we will interview later on (laughs) um the question is Why do you think that people who worked in operations were so attracted by this topic?
1: Because you had to deal with it every day. I mean, if you are in operations or if you have been in operations, you know the pain. You know what it means if you don't get parts, you know what it means if if you don't uh, get good parts on time. It always costs you a lot of time to solve the issues. You have to spend a lot of working hours to solve the issues, to fix a problem. Uh, you probably have to travel to the suppliers uh, to fix the problem. But this all has an impact on your day-to-day operations and on the time you spend in the office or you spend working on problems. And then suddenly uh, something happens and you feel, hey, we need to do something preventive. We need to find a way uh, to avoid these problems. I think that's, to me, that's, a, that's common sense. If you have a problem, you not just try to fix a problem, but you also try to prevent that this problem is happening again anytime soon and um, and if you're in operations you don't you, you understand the pain but you probably already have ideas how to fix the problems and I think this is why a lot of uh, people get attracted by supply chain risk management uh, because by the end of the day let's face it um, if you go home in the evening you want to have a good feeling you want to have the feeling hey I achieved something today I solved the problem I fixed the problem hey I'm a good guy and my boss is happy and Hey, that's natural behavior. And this is also why people sometimes still struggle to work on strategic topics, because if you do strategic work, you don't see the results in the evening. You probably see the results in a week, in two weeks, in three months, in two years, whatever. But if you're really good in solving issues, um, then I think it gives you a good feeling on one hand, it gives you some self-esteem, and it also probably helps you to understand I am important for the company and i really can deliver value to the company and i think that's also something that attracts people when they talk about supply chain risk management uh, doing something good and getting recognized
0: yeah no i would totally agree also interesting that you say strategic topics just give you don't give you the the short term hit of having achieved something today right which often leads to people very focused on the crisis management aspect of it i couldn't agree more, um, although now having worked in sales a lot, um, where you also don't get a lot of uh, today hits, right? Because you, you only close a deal every once in a while. I I do believe there's a, in, in sales, you often think about people who like to do sports and are very competitive to be good in sales because they have the intrinsic motivation, right? To not need the daily hit, but rather can focus on the long-term goal of of getting something done. Maybe that's also part of it because you also mentioned you you like to do sports, right? So maybe that's one your intrinsic motivation enables you to, to look at the next level Absolutely. and uh, look at strategy. Yeah,
1: it's an intrinsic motivation, but at the same time, I think risk management is also a perfect uh, gateway to get a more comprehensive view on supply chain management. I yeah. think. It also opens doors for people that probably spent their past lives too much in procurement or too much in supply chain management. And suddenly there's now something coming up where you really need to think a bit more holistically, where you think a little bit more like a supply chain guy, about like a procurement guy, probably even like a sales guy in in some of the areas. And I think it's a perfect also career development for people that... Uh, uh, want to expand their horizon and probably also want to develop their careers. Uh, and I think supply chain risk management is a perfect topic uh, to open these doors and really help people to grow.
0: Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. I have one more question on supply chain risk management. And that is if you look at organizations you consult, right, what are some of the key success factors for organizations to achieve a risk minded? Supply chain organization. How do you how do you the change?
1: I think you just said a very important word. Risk management is not a tool, or it's it's not uh, just whatever I buy a digital solution. Risk management really is a is a competency uh, for a modern supply chain organization. And if you really want to establish a competency uh, within an organization, it always becomes a change. It really comes becomes a change in the mindset of the people. It really becomes a change uh, in the workplace of these people. Uh, and even if we are both, we both are Germans and we probably struggle sometimes with uh, things like culture and vision. Uh, you really need to have a vision and you really need to build up a risk culture in the organization. If you don't do that, um, it I wouldn't say it won't it will fail, but the the risk that a project like that will fail, is pretty high. So when we do consulting projects, and I did the same when I was still in the corporate environment, uh, we spent a lot of time to create awareness in the organization. And this means awareness, not only in procurement and supply chain, but even more important, create awareness for the within the entire company. So make even the CFO or the manufacturing guys or the R and D guys understand that if we have an issue in our supply chain, this will impact the entire company, this will impact you in your role as well. So what we usually do, and uh, I, I really did that a lot in, in, in the past, when we start projects, we start them with uh, workshops where we invite all important stakeholders in the company um, to, to be part of it, so that they really embrace supply chain risk management, that they understand the impact of supply chain risk management, and then you really start to develop this culture. And once once the culture is a little bit established and maintained, you really can start uh, start to talk about processes, tools, systems, and training and further education of the people. But again, culture is the critical success factor for each and every supply chain risk management project.
0: Yeah. So you just delivered me the perfect segue. I, as I don't like segues, I just call it out every time before I do one. Um, let's, uh, so you said em- employee training comes afterwards, right? So I know one of your big focuses is employee training. How do you, what do you think is something that's very overlooked in employee training that is highly needed for supply chain professionals?
1: Uh, what is needed? It's it's pretty simple. I mean, first of all, we just talked about awareness. We need to really uh, make people aware of what are the risks that could impact you in your daily business, what can, that could impact us as a corporation uh, in our daily business. So that's, that's number one. And it's always interesting to see, if you do exercises like that, how much risk are not even on the radar of most of the people. And it starts really also with internal risk. Is our organization prepared? to mitigate risks, to fight risks. Are we agile enough? Are we fast enough to deal with risky situations or not? This is something people rarely have on their radar. So all what we call internal risks. So we do a lot of training also on what comes from the outside, what comes from the inside, what is impacting us on one hand. Uh, Very important before you jump on into detailed trainings, you really need to have a first draft of your risk management approach ready. It doesn't help you at all. Uh, I'm sorry to say that to buy a digital solution and train people on a digital solution. That doesn't work at all. We have met a lot of companies that made the mistake. They bought a tool. They established or implemented the tool. They trained people on the functionalities. And then they said, hey, this is risk management. And then people said, all right, but what's happening if there is an alert, if there is a risk coming up How do I deal with it? And this is what we have seen quite a lot in the past five, six years, that people wasted money on digital solutions without uh, connecting the humans with the solutions, connecting the non-digital world with the digital world. And that's basically what we also do when we train people. We train them on the process, we train them on the tool, and we train them on how to use both of it, connect both of it, and then, execute uh, mitigation actions. and this is what makes a training successful and this is really when a training delivers value to the employees.
0: Hmm. No, and talking maybe maybe again, value is a good topic. So we have to do another segue. We see that there are different ways of looking at value when it comes to supply chain management, especially supply chain risk management. Let's talk about one, which is like a newer topic, and that is a convergence of supply chain resiliency and sustainability and compliance, right? So we have the new supply chain laws. It is very clear that lo- a lot of the topics that before you looked at as a brand risk are yep. now something you also have to comply to. So there's a clear overlap of these two topics. They also face the same data points uh, from a technology perspective. What is your view on these two coming together? And also, um, what is different in managing sustainability risks versus uh, maybe operational risks?
1: Yeah, that's indeed a good point, and and I and I'm at a point right now where I would ask myself: Is supply chain risk management still the proper name for the future, or do we have to rename it and probably call it supply chain integrity or whatever? I mean, there are a mm-hmm. lot of terms out there. Uh The the yeah, what I really didn't like that at least in 2022 everybody was talking about resilience. So. uh company that established a risk management project uh, immediately communicated we are now getting into supply chain resilience and that's total nonsense Uh, resilience and risk management are two different pair of shoes Uh, risk management for sure is an important topic on my way to resiliency but it's not resilience and talking about compliance topics laws regulations talking about sustainability talking about the classic risk management approach i think they all need to need to be connected, and this is also what we communicate, and this is what we do at our customers as well. Um, the traditional supply chain risk management approach from the past, let's say ten years, uh, working on geographical risk, working on envirom- environment, oh, sorry, environmental risk, working on whatever financial risk. I wouldn't call it dead, but it's 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 probably dying, uh, and and we need to really think about how can we increase the integrity within our supply chains and when i talk about integrity i'm talking about what can i do to identify and manage sustainability risk yeah and from climate change and from decarbonization we are seeing new risks coming we are talking about compliance risk which we, we see the uh, the german supply chain due diligence act We see the European Supply Chain Digital Act coming. We know that there are more national laws and regulations are uh, in the works. So we definitely have to combine all these three areas also in supply chain to protect our organization. And this is what modern, let's call it supply chain risk uh, um, programs uh, do. They connect these three dots and understand that even sustainability can create a risk for the organization, even not complying with local laws and regulations will create risk for the organizations. Mm
0: -hmm. Good. So I actually thought about this as well because I also feel supply chain risk management might not be the right term anymore, Uh, but I I looked at it from a very different angle than you, I have to say. So I, I was more on a risk being a very negative connotated word and um, i don't like that uh, it's it's essentially all about the prevention of a problem to happen right but mm-hmm. there's also a competitive advantage to be gained to be Absolutely. quicker so yeah. i personally would like to call it supply chain opportunity management so
1: good point good point point. and if you go if you go back uh to let's say the the core of risk management or uh, this so-called enterprise risk mm-hmm. management they already using that term for years. They call it risk and opportunity management, and this yeah. is a big mistake that we're we still do in, in probably in our supply chain organizations that we still focus on risk and on damages and dangers that we're facing, but we're not really thinking about the opportunities. And uh, I have to say, when we talk about opportunities, now that the German Supply Chain Due Diligence Act is is up and running. Uh, it offers a lot of opportunities for organizations to increase their management systems, uh, not to increase, to improve their management systems, to improve their risk management approaches. So that's why I'm totally on your side, um, Rolf, that, that we need to talk about opportunities more than probably talk about risks.
0: Yeah. So uh, I mean, there's, you know, I speak Chinese. So um, one of the things that were often mentioned is the Chinese word Weiha. Which essentially is is um, is um, is the uh, risk management is part of the risk, right? But it comes uh, the risk in Chinese is way high, and it comes from danger and opportunity combined. These two words combined are are then so to speak the risk. So there's okay. opportunity in that already. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, just a small tangent from my side. Tell,
1: tells out that some cultures are already ahead of us.
0: Um, Just real quick, right? Because I, um, one of the things, uh, you're just an expert in supply chain risk management. I have to ask you one very obvious question. So my journey started, first of all, I had to look for a new job in the financial crisis, which was, which already was my first exposure. But then afterwards I managed the Ash Cloud. I did manage Fukushima. I did manage a flood in Thailand. Uh, And then also the big, um, a big ODA, flooding that we had in 2013, which actually impacted um, our supply chain quite tremendously back in the days. So often we tend to focus on the big things, right? So what were the big events? And that kind of COVID obviously spiraled a few things. But is it really that we need the big hits? Or do you see that supply chain risk management, opportunity management, integrity, Whatever we call it, um, can deliver value on a day-to-day basis.
1: Unfortunately, yes, we still need the big hits. It's it's uh, it's really interesting to watch, and uh, and um, we see that also in our when we do projects for our customers that uh, sometimes people desperately waiting for the big hits to show that their supply chain risks approach is effective and. Uh, it's it's really funny. And we still see also at the same time that even people in the C-suite struggle to understand that without the big hits, uh, supply chain risk management approach delivers value. It's a little bit like, uh, hey, if nothing's happening, we don't see that it's working and we don't see that we need to spend money on it. Uh, sometimes we tell people, hey, See it a little bit like an insurance. I mean, you pay a business continuity insurance every year. You're happy if nothing's happening. See that risk management probably is a little bit the same. Um, You're paying for something to prevent issues or probably to keep people, uh, to keep problems under the radar because people know early, they act early. But the good part is, and that's at least my observation, because of the pandemics, because of the disruptions that we have seen in the past two to three years, uh, a lot of people within the organizations become a bit more sensitive. They really understand there is a need to do something. There is a need to invest money. There is a need to educate people. There is a need to put risk management not only on the procurement agenda, but also on the corporate agenda and they start to embrace that there is value behind it. But I'll be very frank, and let me be provocative, whenever a company does something in regards to risk management, I'm always not praying, but I'm always wishing them, of course, luck that nothing's happening. But at the same time, I also wish them that there's an event coming up so that they can demonstrate the value of uh, Mm. their approach. Again, it's probably human mindset that you need to, that something needs to happen to show that you're uh, that you're robust or that you're a capable organization. Um, yeah, but the big hits uh, still matter.
0: Okay, good. I have a counter question. Um, that's now a leading question. So given that we talked about that most of the people that started being evangelizers for supply chain risk management have been burned personally before <laughs> wouldn't you also say there is a case to say you also have to do have to invest in something like this for your own supply chain professional satisfaction that you say you want to keep your employees and they shouldn't burn out on minute things and that's why we should invest
1: uh, of course of course, that's exactly what, what we're saying as well. And um, I, I I just mentioned earlier that uh, usually when there's an issue coming up, you have to invest more time and you have to invest more resources. I mean, we just worked with a company in the past few years and they they told us how many extra hours their supply chain people have to work. Uh, in particular in the years 2019 2020 and they have seen burnouts and i've seen burnouts myself in supply chain organizations i have heard from my network in the past two to three years that a lot of supply chain people left supply chain because of the stress because of a potential burnout and um, if i want to attract people and if i want to keep people uh, if i have a focus on talent retention First of all, I have to think about digitalization in procurement and in, in, in supply chain as in general, not only about risk management in general, I need to offer people an attractive workplace. And if I want to have an attractive workplace, this includes a fancy digitalization projects as well. But on the other side, risk management tools, solutions, approaches um, also protect people from Uh, being overloaded protect people from getting a burnout and whatever so I think it should be my responsibility as a as a leader as a procurement leader or a corporate leader uh, to do something to to keep my let's say my organization sane and to keep my people healthy
0: yeah exactly And talking about digitalization another segue today you just make it so easy for me actually We see, obviously, that data is always an issue in bringing digital solutions to life. But in reality, um, something that seems to pop more and more up, and we see that in latest research, is that the biggest barriers of feedback from the business on what was implemented and if it's valuable and how to use it, how do you advise people to, to better engage a business on a daily basis to receive the feedback you need.
1: It's interesting, before we, we we just talked, I had a I had a long discussion with one of my clients where we do a transformation project. And we were talking basically about what can we do better to integrate our stakeholders? What can we do better to communicate what we're doing and why we are doing this? How can we break down barriers within the organization? and And honestly, whatever you do in procurement or supply chain, it's a change project. If you implement a digital solution, it's not an IT project, it's a change project. It sounds like these typical phrases you read on LinkedIn and and whatever all the time, but it's reality. And uh, it's the same here with risk management. And that's whenever we start a project, we start with a cross-functional kickoff. I mentioned that earlier uh, during our conversation. Um, if you don't create the awareness, if you don't break down barriers very early in the process, It will also be very uh, difficult later on, uh, when you talk about racy charts, when you talk about escalation matrices, when you talk about how to operate uh, digital solutions in in supply chain. Um, It is a change project, and it requires uh, uh, the involvement of the stakeholders. And whenever we do a digital implementation, we also Provide access to people outside procurement and supply chain. We also also provide training to people in finance, to 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 uh, to to uh, train people even in R and D, so that they have the opportunity to embrace risk management, that they have the opportunity to embrace digital solutions, and that they feel responsible. Because if you don't feel responsible for your organization for a process, it will not be a success. I'm sorry that I always repeat myself here, but. Uh, to answer your question, I think it, it needs to be embraced by everyone in the organization.
0: No, I think that's a very valid comment. I um, couldn't agree more, actually. So let's move on in your personal career development a little bit. <laughs> you have you have worked in operations. You are now in consulting. Yeah. Um, you consult on change but also implementing digital solutions and recently you also started being an advisor for digital solutions and the advisory board what is it that you would give uh, a a growing and ambitious startup uh, that what would be the key advice you would give them that they should always focus on as part of their journey and growth
1: Uh, understand your customer that sounds pretty easy but uh, that's also the concern i have with a lot of startups in the supply chain industry i mean for me it's it's great to see that there are so many enthusiastic mostly young people coming from university uh starting with a new idea uh taking the risk and 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 doing something i mean that has changed our industry a lot over the past i would say five to ten years and uh as a, as a procurement guy, I have to say I'm so happy to see all these startups bringing new ideas, bringing new solutions to the table. I think we have we have a we have a solution or at least a digital solution to almost all the challenges and opportunities we have in in the supply chain space, which is great. but on the other side and that's a little bit the drawback I see um, I know from a lot of uh, investment firms uh, I've talked to in the past five years they have identified supply chain, Uh, management as one of their core markets to invest money. So there was always money flowing into the industry. And I think the same happened to people that uh, did that worked in the startup industry. Hey, uh, we we don't need to do another B2B platform. We don't need to be another marketing platform or a new sales platform or e-commerce platform. All this is existing. So what's the empty spot? Oh, let's go to procurement. Let's go to supply chain. And I see uh, what I'm saying is that I see a lot of startups in that space that don't really try to understand the needs, the challenges of an of a modern procurement or supply chain organization. That they just copy and paste what they see on the internet. Like uh, procurement is not involved early enough. Procurement needs to do more like this, or to needs to do more like that. And if you talk to these people, they can't even tell you how their solution. Uh, Provides value to the organization, or how their solution delivers a solution to the problem. I would have as a CPO, as a head of procurement, and that's my biggest advice: um, try to learn the procurement language, try to understand the real needs of uh, your clients. Don't copy and paste what you read from others. Like procurement is needs to develop and. I've seen a lot of statements from startups where I got really angry and said, you know what? You never worked in operations. You probably have talked to two people and now you're making a bold statement like procurement is still working like in the nineties, you need to do something. This is really bullshit. And this is where startups really need to spend time. And I'm advising a a, a big bunch of startups in, 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 in Germany here, international startups. And this is also what I do when I do coaching sessions or whatever guys, talk to the people. Don't talk to the CPO only. Don't rely just on what you read from Deloitte, or Ernst & Young, whatever. Talk to the people in operations, understand their pains, understand their needs and deliver solutions to that. And not just to, uh, I don't know, what the yearly Gartner Quadrant uh, tells you or what the yearly uh, CPO study tells you.
0: Yeah. There's a huge difference of having I mean, the problem is right, you only get better in sales with experience. Some, some of our sales leadership I've worked with in the past um, always talked about, you have to get your teeth knocked out a couple of times before you're really good in understanding the problems you have to solve for the customer. So um, yeah, I, I do believe messaging and understanding the problem you have to solve is a, is a vital point. And, um, it comes a little bit with experience, but obviously having somebody like you can, can really help leverage, um, your knowledge quicker and maybe learn faster and only get your teeth knocked out once instead of five times. So that's good. I have two final questions. The first one is a very open question. Where do you see your company and yourself going in the next couple of years, any any big plans or any changes that you see coming up Would you any new hype trains uh, trains you want to jump onto
1: when we started the company we we basically said let's focus on those topics where where we really have a track record and where we really feel comfortable with this uh, one is is the area of organizational development restructuring transformation of organizations i did that myself quite a few times in my past life in larger organizations, we got a lot of awards on that side as well. Um, So this is where I feel comfortable, making procurement stronger, making procurement a more important part of the overall organization. The second area or the the other area we're focusing on is digitalization in procurement. Uh, I'm doing this now for almost 22 years. So I started my first uh, digital project in procurement in, in the year 2001, 2002. Um, this is probably where I'm a little bit of a pioneer. and um, this is where I'm still uh, passionate about and, and the people in our organization are passionate about digital procurement as well. and we feel, really feel that we have we can deliver something um, and we really put some, some competence on the table. And the other area is everything related to risk uh, supply uh, supplier management, including risk management, including building supply chain networks, int- networks with supply chain integrity. Um, and we 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 want to keep that. So there is no um, there is no desire right now to expand it because within these areas I have so many value levers that I can pull. So many new topics I can embrace, uh, talk about sustainability, talking about decarbonization um, and all that stuff. So there's there are so many new fields that we can play on that we feel very comfortable in that spot in regards uh, of. Growing as an organization, yes, that is a plan. Um, I was very conservative the past few years because I said, all right, this is a new step in my life. This is a personal risk I'm taking. Uh, Let's see how it develops, but it's developing that great. I I have never expected that to be frank, Um, but there are plans to probably increase uh, the the team size in the next couple of uh, months. Uh, so that we can uh, deliver on projects. One thing that we definitely want to expand is our international footprint. Um, we have the pleasure not to work in Germany only. We have customers in Sweden. We have cu- we had customers in Denmark. We have customers in Switzerland. I personally was in Qatar for a long time last year. Um, we now will probably move also to Hong Kong in a few weeks to start a new project. So. This is something where I want to grow because I love to work with uh, companies around the globe. We still have a legal entity in the U S as target P that we want to use a bit more than we did in the past few years. And um, this is where I see ourselves or myself in the, in the, in the near future.
0: Yeah. Well-deserved success. Um, I really congratulate you for your step. That was bold, but um, I'm glad it paid off. So good. Okay. So now, final question. It's very hard to find your hobbies on the internet, which is unusual. <laughs> Not a, for a lot of other people, that's easier to find. So I had to directly ask you. That's why you're a little bit prepared. But I understand you you do like metals, you like going to concerts, as do I. I'm I'm more a rock guy, actually. Metal is still good with me for sure. So if you if you have to consider what is a metal song that really describes supply chain management and procurement what song would it be
1: that's a good question uh, <laughs> now i really have to think about it with um yeah i like i really like heavy metal and uh, there are so many areas in that heavy metal that uh, that delivers probably input for for uh for um for supply chain management i mean the easiest answer probably would be highway to hell uh, because everyone knows it but talking to my network and seeing what's happening, uh, what has happened in the past few years, probably Highway to Hell would be a very uh, interesting uh, uh, song. But on the other side, I mean, that's too easy to answer. So um, there's a very uh, well-known Finnish uh, death metal band called uh, Amorphis, mm-hmm. which I like a lot. And they had a song that uh, from the mid-90s, uh, which was probably their biggest hit, uh, was uh, called Black Winter Day. Um, probably the, the the lyrics don't really match with uh, supply chain, but just the term black winter day uh, really tells me a lot about what we had to experience uh, in the past three years. We were just talking about uh, burnouts in the organization. We were talking about stressed out people. We were talking about um, uh, the issues that we had to face. So probably black winter day is something good as a as a phrase, we could keep in mind also seeing what will come up in the future because I don't expect that the world will be a much brighter place in the next few years than it has been in the past three years. Um, so there will always be this famous black winter day that we see uh, not every day, but sometimes and uh, probably that's, that's a song that I can associate mm-hmm. well with my times in supply chain and the current situation in supply chain.
0: Actually, I thought about this as well, and I was more on the new metal train. So I was okay. more on. I thought you can pick literally any song from Lincoln Park.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but even you can you can do the same with Megadeth or Metallica. I had I had sweating bullets bullets in my mind from by Megadeth because you can link that uh, as well to the the pressure and the stress that individuals had to take uh, mm-hmm. during the last couple of years and probably also throughout the next few years. But I mean. There is so much, there is so much opportunity in that in that area uh, to, to link that to supply chain. Yeah? yeah.
0: Although I have, I'm I'm a fan of Metallica, but I have to say my my favorite album is "Send Anger," which a lot of people don't really like. So I'm, it's a very controversial <laughs> take I have on that one. Yes, I understand that people don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I kind of thought it's a great piece for its time, right? So the way it was made, I looked at the documentary to send Anger, and it was very interesting to see how everything came together and why. So yeah, kind of maybe it's maybe it's the, the video that uh, the the movie that did it for me. Probably. Anyway, thank you so much for your time. that was great. I wish you all success, and I hope to maybe speak you soon again on the Supply Chain Pioneer podcast, and yes, you are a pioneer for me, okay? No doubt in my mind.
1: Good. If I get that badge from you, then I gladly accept it, and thank you very much for having the opportunity. Oh, thank you very much for the questions, and uh, yeah, I like to be a pioneer. If it's like that, I'm, I'm super happy. Thank
0: Perfect. you. Have a nice day, everyone. Bye bye. Bye bye. This was Supply Chain Pioneers. Thanks for watching, listening, or however you are enjoying this podcast. You can find Supply Chain Pioneers on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all other major podcast players, as well as on YouTube at Ulf Talk Supply Chain. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. See you next time.